Good day, everybody. Welcome to the Security Squawk Podcast. I'm Brian Horning, one of your co-hosts here with Reginald, Andre, Randy, Brian, and Ryan O'Hara. The crew is here to upset you more about what's going on in the world of cybersecurity. And I'm still a bit under the weather, but not too bad. So how are you guys doing? Good. Doing great. Doing well. Had a great 4th of July weekend. Spent it at the beach. Nice. Which beach did you spend it at? In uh, Hollywood. Hollywood, Florida. Nice. Cool. I've been seeing a ton of posts, and I don't know why, but the this place in Florida called Peanut Island. You know about this place? No. You know? Look it up because it's been like all over my, uh, all over my like social media feed. Like all my friends are like visiting this place for some reason. But hmm. it's somewhere Peanut or Peanut? Peanut Island. And I think it's huh. a sandbar or something out towards Fort Lauderdale. Um, seems to be the happening place. But I digress. I want to welcome everyone to the show, Security Squawk Podcast. This is the podcast where we really try to bring light to what the heck is going on out there in the world. And I, and I honestly, I, you know, when I when we started the podcast, and I actually think this is episode number like eighty two at this point. Um, so we're well into about a year and a half of it, and it's amazing to me how much things have changed with kind of how we collect and get information to talk about on the show. Um, you know, I've alluded recently to the fact that, you know, it's harder and harder to get this information. Um, but as we're going to show you today is with some of the things like we're really missing the mark in a lot of different places. And it seems to me that the strategy for, you know, the government and, and, and the media is to kind of bury this stuff and, and then kind of make it not a thing. Um, because it's really hard to find information about cyber attacks these days. And even when you do, um, it, it, the information is not that, that great. Um, and I, and I, again, I think I mentioned it a couple of times last week that I don't want people to think that this is getting better because it's not in the news because it's, it's clearly, it's getting worse uh, as, as the days move on here and, and cyber criminals are, you know, not only getting better, but some of them, you know, we're going to talk about our evil in a little bit who could potentially be making a comeback. Um, but at the end of the day, guys, this show is created to get you this information so you can see it's a serious problem. And what we're going to do is we're going to use these events to help you better prepare uh, for what could come to your front door very, very easily down the road to your business, to your, to your personal life. Uh, and that's the, that's the point of the show. So now we're going to talk about the fee for the show. Uh, and Randy, you're going to teach everybody what the fee for the show is. So our fee is fee 99, which, um, is free actually, but, um, our fees, we just ask that you like, share, subscribe, comment um, wherever you see this posted, share it with your friends. Um, we don't charge for this. We don't have ads at this point, um, but our, we just ask it to share it and get the word out about, about it. That's pretty much it. So we, uh, we put together our time and effort. You know, we, we do spend a lot of time prepping for the show. We were kind of laughing. It takes us longer to prep for the show than it does to actually do the show. Um, but we do prep for the show. 
and uh, and we don't charge for it. Or, you know, we don't. We do shoot a little bit off the off the cuff at once we get wrapping, and but there there is uh, a very structured outline to what we put together um, to bring you the most valuable and relevant information around you know cybersecurity and how to start protecting yourself. So, with that being said. Let's just wrap about this. Uh, I, I just I want to go drive to this, uh, you know, an article from Sam Saban over at Politico that drew, drew my attention. And uh, he, he brought up some interesting points. And the number one thing is, is that, you know, we're officially um, at the halfway mark for 2022. Um, half. You know, June is is six months, and now we're into our the seventh month. So we're starting, you know, to head into the second half of 2022. And man, the, the first six months just absolutely flew by. I mean, for me, um, and I don't know if it's been the same for you guys, but you know, as Sam Saban over at Political Politico has has uh, pointed out, it seems like it's flown by for the U.S. government too, because. Um, we're not making a lot of progress with a lot of the things that, you know, the Biden administration and the federal government has kind of laid out as cybersecurity plans. Um, we've kind of thrown thrown the flag in the ground, so to speak, uh, in terms of um, high fiving each other and doing our <laughs> doing our obligatory um, uh, photo ops once we, we sign these bills and we do these things, um, but there really hasn't been a lot of action taken. And I wanted to kind of jump into that a little bit um, before we talk about some of these cyber attacks that are going on right now. Um, so one of the things that this article brings up is that we're officially kind of halfway over 2022 and they have a long ass cyber to-do list staring them down before the year is up. Um and one of the one of the big goals that they have set, at least at the Department of Justice, is by September of next year, they want to have a, the goal of, ha of having two thirds of all ransomware case reported to the feds. But we don't even know how to tell you what two thirds is at this point. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that that's what this article points out. And like. Let's let's wrap about that a little bit, because it's kind of what I alluded to last week on the show last week and at the beginning of the show this week, it's like, how do we know? Right. Cause we're going to show you some ransomware attacks here in a few minutes that, you know, are happening to what I would consider some pretty relevant and important entities. And, you know, there's not a whole lot out, out there in the news about what's going on around this stuff. Um, what are you guys pulling out of this article from Politico that, you know, that you know i don't know if you want to talk about how how do we you know that's a good question like how do we figure out how many total ransomware attacks there are how do we figure this I, out i mean my first thought is maybe they set themselves up to shoot themselves in the foot like like let's start with just getting people to report them and you know maybe figure out how many along the way rather than trying to figure out how many first and then say, okay, we know there's a million a day, so we want 750,000 to be reported. Um, seems like they need to start with what we can do, which is ask people to report them and then figure out the other thing later. Maybe figure out a way to do that. I don't know. 
Um, that's that's yeah. my thoughts right off the top of my head. Yeah, I got you. I, I think I'm with you on that because it's like you stated a goal of having two thirds of all ransomware cases, right? But like you said, you have no idea what that number is. So if it's 10, <laughs> you know, and you get six reports, I guess you've met your goal, right? <laughs> well, I think part of, part of the problem too is, is a lot of people don't realize that they, they should or, or need to report. And, and a lot of people don't even want to because they don't know what the process is or what the fallout of something like that would be. <clears throat> There's just this unknown fear of not being educated to how, how the whole process works. So, you know, particularly with, with smaller businesses, um, you know, they don't even, it doesn't even occur to them to report, you know, a lot of them will just, you know, reload their computers or change their passwords and move on like nothing happened um, and potentially move on while the attacker is still in their systems and it, and it happens all over again. So I, I don't think a lot of the smaller businesses even know what disclosing means or would entail to, to be able to even start tackling that. Or that they would even have to. Right. Um, mm -hmm. No, you know, people are not as in tune to this stuff as we are. Um, so it's not, you know, it wouldn't be beyond question if somebody was like, Hey, I had no idea that I had to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, you not knowing is not a defense, right? You right. can't say like, I didn't know I was supposed to collect a certain tax and, and not remit it. Once you're in business, that's the responsibility that people have when they start businesses, they have to go out and they have to do this due, due diligence and understand what laws and what things their business has to follow. And there's laws around taxes. There's laws around cybersecurity um, that you have to do certain things. And every single state in the United States has a data breach reporting law on the books, whether they enforce it, whether companies realize that they need to do it. But there is not a state in the union today that does not have a law on the books about data breach reporting. And that includes a ransomware attack. So part of this is, in my mind, it's lawmakers and, and elected officials thinking that the, you know, business community or the business world has this information, has this awareness that, that these laws are on the books and that they need, need to adhere to them. Um, you know, in a similar sense that, you know, I've seen in the past other states and other local governments put out ads and do advertising around a certain, you know, law or certain something new that might have changed in the state. You know, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, <clears throat> in a similar way that, you you know, you have to have those uh, those employment posters posted somewhere mm -hmm. in public, right? You know, a lot of businesses mm -hmm. know that they need to do that. Well, how did they how did they know that? Right. These similar has has to happen with cybersecurity. Right. Because people have to know what they need to report on and what they need to do. Uh, you know, because I know, <clears throat> you know, we talked about it with the one example I gave last week with with the CPA firm. Um, you know, they obviously were under the state of New Jersey's laws to report that data breach and they didn't do it. Um, you know, and that's, that's just the interesting thing. And I don't, you know, this business by no means would I ever think that they did it maliciously or, or intently, we're going to hide this from people. They just didn't realize that they had to do it. Their, their main concern was getting their business mm -hmm. back up and running. And then, you know, then they moved on. And I think that that's where a lot of companies are. They get hit. Um, 
<clears throat> but <clears throat> I guess I'll, I'll throw it out to you guys to answer this question. Put it out there real quick. Even if we did have awareness around these laws and people understood it, is this the type of thing where you as a victim are going to come out and admit that it happened to you? Well, I think that's part of the problem is the fear. Like, you know, just, just the idea of calling up the FBI and saying, hey, we had this ransomware attack, you know, without knowing what what's going to happen, you know, people <laughs> don't really want to call the FBI unless they need to, right? So that's, that's the hard part. Yeah, I think there's either had to be an incentive or a punishment. Um, in, because let's just say, for example, your car gets, uh, someone opens up your door in your car and you left it unlocked and someone steals your AirPods, you're not going to call the cops. But if someone comes into your home and breaks in and steal things, you're going to want the cops to come in, take fingerprints and help you. So if 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 you call the government and all they're going to do is take take some in, information and that's it, then why why even bother? You know, what's what's the next step? And unless there is some type of incentive where they're going to say, we're going to help you through this process or we'll help you with a tax break on your ransomware loss. Or if you don't do it, there's a fine. If you don't report ransomware, then no one's going to do it. Yeah, unless unless you're a huge critical infrastructure company at this point, you know, the FBI is not helping. They're, they're just adding you to a database of research that they're doing. Correct. 100 percent. And so <clears throat> one of the things that came out uh, also came out of the article is the fact that um, house lawmakers have increased CISA's, you know, CISA, if you don't know who that is, that is basically the U.S. government's cybersecurity agency or wing. Um, their whole purpose in life is to help protect our federal government from cyber attacks, as well as provide resources to private industry to help them, uh, you know, prevent cyber attacks. The interesting thing here is, is that CISA is is giving uh, is getting a three billion dollar budget this year, which is a 13 percent increase from last year's levels. Right. So the federal government's um, uh, fiscal year starts in September um, and that's when this money is going to go into effect. The reason I bring this up is, is has your business increased its cybersecurity spend? 13%. And again, this is another increase. And I think they've increased almost every year uh, for the last five or six years over at CISA. Their budget has been increasing. So if you see the federal government increasing their budget, it makes a lot of sense for your business to start looking at and doing the same thing. Um, because or, or establishing a budget in the first place. <laughs> well, yeah, let's start there. I mean, uh, <clears throat> that's where it's got to start. Mm -hmm. um, but if you just look at what your federal government is doing, um, you know, you got to look at that and go, well, well, why are they increasing their budget that much? I mean, that's a pretty big increase. 13 percent to, to increase something 13 percent on any line item in a business or in a government. It's a pretty significant increase. Um, you don't see 13 percent increases in, in a government budget very often. Maybe you'll see an average of two, 3%, sometimes, you know, inflation type adjustments. Um, <clears throat> and when they really increase it more than that, it means that they really have a focus on, on dealing with it. And, that, and that's why I kind of wanted to bring it up. Now I, I'm going to kind of throw the question out there to you guys and see, and I'll ask each one of you to kind of chime in here. What do you think is going to happen 
the second half of this year for businesses and going into 2023? Do you think we're going to see similar increases with the private industry? Or do you think that we're still going to be kind of pushing that rock uphill a little bit, convincing these, these, uh, you know, business leaders to, to spend the appropriate amount of funds on cybersecurity? I mean, at this point, this sounds probably a little cliche to us, but at this point, the the IT people, whether that's in-house or companies like ours, are going to have to do a better job of communicating how the risk has grown, mm-hmm. um, how the, you know, we're, we're in a, a more tough situation um, than we were. We're going to have to change our spend. We're going to have to change our focus. We're going to have to change what we do. We're going to have to change our stack. Like all these companies are going to have to do that. And us as leaders are going to have to do a better job of communicating that to people so they know so they know the risk. Like I said, it sounds kind of cliche. You know, they need that risk light bulb, if you will, to go off in their head to go, oh, wow, my whole business is at risk. I need to do something about it, mm-hmm. you know, not just throw money at it, but actually do do some things to actually make my business less of a target than most of the businesses out there that aren't doing anything. Yeah, I, I still feel like it's going to be a pushing the rock uphill kind of scenario. Um, what we're what we're seeing a lot of is is people only starting to tune into cybersecurity protections because their insurance company is, is telling them they need to in order to keep their policies. And even then, it's I only want what they're telling me I need to have. And most of the insurance companies don't really know what they're telling people they need to have in the first place because they're giving them bits and pieces of cybersecurity, not a full cybersecurity package uh, as a requirement. Um, and some people you know, are still fine just rolling without cybersecurity insurance and are, are literally rolling the dice every day that they do business. And, and they're fine with that until they get hit. Yeah, same uh, uphill battle. And especially as we now have to wait, a lo- um, takes us a long time to find these news articles as far as hacks and things like that. Out of, it's going to be out of sight, out of mind. And people are not seeing it in the news every day that um, their local companies or neighbors are getting hacked. And now they are, our customers are going to think that the problem is, is went away, problem solved. I, I think one thing, you know, if there was a way to remove the stigma of something like this, I, I think that could help people. Because when we see somebody who, who was not you know, they, they didn't want security. They didn't think that they needed security. Then they get hit. And all of a sudden that huge price increase, that was a big deal for them. You know, when you were talking about it beforehand is all of a sudden no big deal. Like if people felt comfortable sharing, Hey, you know, we, we didn't think we were, uh, we were a target. We got hacked and, you know, now we're doing this stuff and you know, we think you should be too. Don't go through what we went through, but there's just such a stigma to getting, getting hacked that nobody wants to talk about it. You know, we talk to small business owners all the time and, you know, they say, oh, I don't know anybody who's gotten hacked. I guarantee you they know at least a couple people who have gotten hacked, but nobody wants to talk about it because it's embarrassing. They don't want to admit that, that it happened to them. But if we were as business leaders to share that information with people and share that experience, I think we'd get more people to kind of turn around and go, you know, you're right. We, you know, <laughs> I'm going to invest in it one way or another. I might as well invest in protecting myself so I don't have to go through all that. You know, that's a, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yep. I was going to say that's a great point because we 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 as leaders could do could help normalize this, mm-hmm. if you will, you know, maybe by having people on occasion on our podcast or on our individual podcasts, having, you know, people on there that have been through this and interviewing them yeah. to, you know, to, you know, reduce the stigma. I mean, we don't stigmatize people who get their car stolen you know, or their, uh, their laptop stolen, you know, um, 
unless they did something dumb, which I guess, okay, we got to probably work on that then, I guess. Because <laughs> you know, if we're not careful, we're going to go, well, duh, you know. Well, All that's you the problem. Backups, it, it, you know? is in hindsight, some of this stuff does seem that way. But, right. but in most cases, it's it's a case of you don't know what you don't know. I mean, yep. these people didn't realize that having an open RDP port was was leaving the front door open for attackers to come in. So right. in hindsight, yeah, hey, that, was, that wasn't a smart thing to do. But they didn't know going into it. So, you know, on one hand, we need to do a better job of educating people but you know they have to listen too so there's a two-way street but you know helping people understand that you don't know what you don't know and that doesn't make it your fault you know share that knowledge and help other other business owners uh, yeah that's a good point that would be how we normalize it mm -hmm. i was i was thinking of a, a friend of ours whose laptop was stolen um when they visited san antonio and like they they called me and is there anything we can do and i was like yeah we can log into your icloud account mm -hmm. and click on find that mac Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, I didn't have that set up. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. You yeah. Know, I didn't know I could do that. Um, right. So, I mean, bot bottom line is you're right. It's, it seems obvious after the fact, you know, um, but before you may not know that you could do yeah. that. You may not even know that's a thing. And, right. and I mean, that's part of the reason for the fee for this show, right? It, it's not so much, you know, I don't look at it so much as, you know, being an issue of our time and, and sharing it because of that. It, it's an issue of, you know, letting people know so, so that they can learn these things, you know help people learn the things that they don't know so that they can, they can take those steps to protect themselves. Cause they're not going to get this stuff anywhere else. That's, that's, that's the bigger. Well, that that's the problem. <laughs> We're talking about the government needing to, to, you know, spread awareness so people know that they they need to report in the first place but you know it's people like us who are going out and sharing this information we're, we're not hearing it from the people who are supposedly requiring or, or trying to require this notification yeah, yeah. go ahead go ahead Andrew. i'll be interested to know with that 13 percent increase is that going to programs to educate or is that going to just be salaries mm -hmm. who knows i mean you know sissa unfortunately uh, especially with the CMMC side of things, um, they've you know there's been corruption. There's been a, a lot of things going on there, which you hate to see, but it's kind of par for the course for federal government. Um, and then, you know, I have my own opinions that I'll kind of keep to myself with what happened over at CISA, and you know they are working on cleaning that up. But at the end of the day, we still see, you know, the government taking taking this more seriously, right? Senate. And, 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 th and this is kind of where businesses are going to find themselves as well, right? Businesses are going to think that they can do it a certain way and they're going to realize that they can't do it a certain way. Um, and I think at one point the government thought that CISA could handle the cybersecurity for the entire federal government. And I think the federal government is learning very slowly that that's not going to be the case. And I think businesses should also learn from that because <clears throat> trying to kind of do this on your own, take your network administrator or take your CIO and slap a, you know, slap a security tag on them and say that they're your security person. It's turning out to be a really bad idea, right? Because yeah, they might be great from a technical standpoint. They might be, your superstar IT person that whatever you throw at them, they can, you know, get the system working and running and, you know, whatever ideas you have, they can make them come to fruition. But those are different skill sets and different people than mm -hmm. what you need in cybersecurity. And I know I said that before on the show, but 
the Senate is even learning this because they're looking at creating a new assistant secretary role at the Pentagon focused on cyber policy, which CISA is supposed to be focused on cyber mm -hmm. policy for the entire government, including the DOD. Um, but, you know, instead, you know, Congress realizes that things just aren't moving fast enough over at CISA because they don't have enough people. That's really what it boils down to. They don't, there's not enough cybersecurity talent out there to mm -hmm. deal with this problem, guys. And the government is feeling it. And so are businesses. Now, yes, every single, every six months, nine months, we get a new crop of, of, of cybersecurity people coming into the workforce, but they have very limited experience and very limited knowledge. The people that know how to do this stuff, the people that are educated, have the experience and have been fighting this battle for the better part of a decade. There's not a heck of a lot of us. And there's a lot of groundwork to be made up before that skills gap gets filled. And we're going to see a lot of these things. We're going to see a lot of companies that hire an IT person that they think can do security or they, 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 um, they pr pr promote from within mm -hmm. uh, a, a IT person to run their security. And then they're going to have a problem. And then they're going to realize that that was a bad move. And then they're going to end up calling a company, um, you know, an outsourced company that can help them deal with either, you know, the cyber incident, which after the cyber incident, they're probably going to retain that company. Uh, for, you know, ongoing consulting or they're going to, you know, get close enough to a, to an attack or they're going to have a, a, a near miss that's going to scare the crap out of them enough where they're going to reach out to a third-party company and say, hey, mm -hmm. we can do this on our own. Um, and that's kind of the moral of the story here for me is like you really need to learn that you can't do this on your own and you need to enlist the right people for this kind of stuff. I do really like the, the idea uh, of incentivizing it in some way. Um, and, and so you, you think of tax incentives right off the bat, which then gives you a channel uh, of reporting. So it's something that every business needs to do. They need to file their taxes. They need to keep up with that stuff. If there was some sort of you know tax break for uh, in, implementing cybersecurity protections, uh, that also then, then you mm -hmm. have a question on your taxes every year. Did Over the course of this, this tax year, did you have any type of... Uh, uh, cyber attack or compromise. And then, you know, that way you're kind of, you know, you're giving them the means to report as well as a, as an incentive to protect. And so maybe to offset that, that tax break that they're getting, you know, with less cyber attacks, hopefully there's less money being spent, you know, all across the board to, to compensate for that. So. And then just digging into kind of a little bit more of the numbers for like, you know, there's a lot on the plate for these lawmakers this year. Um, you know, go, just going touching on the critical infrastructure sectors, we have two um, legislators um, out of the Northeast, Rhode Island and New York, a Democrat and Republican, who are looking at a proposal to or, or trying to get something on the floor <clears throat> that better defines the critical infrastructure sectors that were mm -hmm. identified to 16, um, because they obviously realize that that was was a complete debacle in basically going out and saying that and then you know month after month something that either touches or is you know you would consider within those critical 16 critical infrastructure sectors got hit with ransomware um and nothing was really ever done 
Um, so it's like, well, they're, yeah, they're in healthcare, but they're not like super important to healthcare to where we would consider it critical infrastructure. Mm -hmm. right? um, you know, when hospitals were getting hit, hospitals are one of the 16 critical infrastructure sectors, but they get hit all the time. And we're not seeing like major responses from our government like we, we heard would happen if they were attacked. Um, the other interesting thing is, is we already kind of talked about the ransomware push and to make sure that companies are um, reporting on time and reporting significantly or, or, or reporting on significant attacks. Um, but they but the rules that they want to push out are 72 hours with with any attack. And then if you've made a ransomware payment, you have to report it within 24 hours. <clears throat> now, I think that that's the piece right there that's going to make the difference because you you can track where rents. I, I think there's a company out there and we talked about them last week that tracks like you know, internet traffic and, and Bitcoin wallets and, and ransomware payments. And I think that's going to be the way that you're going to be able to catch a lot of these businesses that don't report is you're going to be able to identify wallet addresses. And when you see money going to certain wallet addresses, you know that somebody's paying somebody for ransomware. But obviously, you're going to have a really hard time figuring out who's behind the wallet address that's mm -hmm. sending money. Um, but it is at least an indicator that you could say, hey, it looks like we have an uptick in payments to this particular ransomware wallet um, and who's doing it and start to try to figure it out. Um, anything else from this political article that you guys wanted to kind of highlight? I mean, there's a lot here. Um, I actually didn't even scroll down when we were in the green room all the way to kind of see. My biggest thing is, is that there's a lot here and we're falling behind pretty quick. As, as as the months and months go on and not much is done. Yeah, I remember we did a whole segment on this uh, website, the Stop Ransomware. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, it looks the same, you know? Yep. No promotions. I, I personally remember trashing the shit out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and because I, I just thought it was a big diarrhea dump of information that nobody was going to go through. Uh, there was no intuitive way to lay it out to where you would, you know, actually engage somebody to, to, to actually go through the material. Yeah, and, um, we, and we all go to tr different trade shows with, you know, different companies, different partners, and we never see them out there. You know, they don't have a booth letting us know, uh, Hey, this is us. Here's how we can help you and things like that. No, well, that's the hard part. So like all the stuff that's listed in this article, I mean, how much time and money was spent putting all of this stuff together and nobody knows about any of this stuff. So what what good is it even doing at this point? It's 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 a good question. So it either has no teeth, no definition, nobody knows about it. I mean, none of this stuff is really solving anything right now. It's funny. So I don't see anything else that I'm gonna well worth like pulling out in this article, we could talk about some other things later on as they pan out. Um, but, you know, people just need to start doing something. That's kind mm -hmm. of the moral of the story. Don't wait for the government. Don't wait for, you know, something bad to happen in your business. Start doing something today about uh, cyber attacks and you're, you're going to be much better off. So 
part of what we want to talk about and why we wanted to bring up kind of the political article first is because it highlights a lot of the things that we're going to jump into today. Number one is this, you know, Baton Rouge general cyber attack hospitals officials say. So we have hospital officials coming out admitting that, hey, we've we've been attacked and I've only been able to find one article on this from a obscure website called brproud.com. Um, and this was actually this actually happened last week before the holiday. Um, it didn't happen over the holiday weekend. It happened like Tuesday or um, Monday or Tuesday of last week. Um, and yep, Baton Rouge General is, is definitely under a ransomware attack. But you know, we can talk about what's going on there, but we don't have a lot of information um, and, and talk a little bit about, like, why do we think this is happening? Like, why do, are we seeing more and more critical infrastructure type companies, agencies being dumped into these little no name, you know, news outlets to report these attacks? I think it's I think it's a couple things. I think that these companies, these entities are are learning that it, it they have to go through their their attorneys they and and their insurance providers. so they're they're realizing that they need to limit the flow of information and not just you know run around like like their hair's on fire in a panic, letting everybody know who will listen. Um, and two, I, I just as, as a news uh, you know for news articles, it, it doesn't move the needle for people anymore. So it's not something that they're seeing a lot of traffic on, so it's not as important for them to report on. So is that, I mean, if I'm a business owner and I hear what you just said, why do I need to spend all this money on cyber stuff if nobody cares about it? Well, because the business that is going through it definitely cares about it because they're feeling the pain and it's going to cost them to get out of it. But that's the problem. If, if, if other businesses don't know that, then they, they, they think along those lines, you know, no big deal. So, and, 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 and I'm going to kind of, and I, I'm going to pick apart these articles a little bit because... It just seems to me like there's a massive amount of information control going on around this stuff. I don't think it's about moving the needle at all. I personally think that there's a more concerted effort here to make sure that this stuff doesn't hit the news. Um, and I don't want to sound too tinfoil hat here, but it's just really odd to me that this stuff doesn't it doesn't add up and it's bullshit. And I'd love for you know people in our audience to like comment and share with us what they think is going on. But you can't say in one sentence, right, something along the lines of that the attack has not affected their ability to care for patients at all locations. And then in the very next sentence say, with the systems down, BRG personnel is temporarily charting on paper. You're, you're, you're not going to sit here and tell me with a straight face that, a hospital is operating and not losing their ability to care for patients when they're doing everything on paper, when everybody at that hospital has been trained to use the computer. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do they keep all those paper records going back how far, uh, you know, on site? Like what if they need to look at a patient history? Well, my thing is, is you're a nurse and since day one, you've been trained like a monkey to do something on a computer and somebody puts a piece of paper in front of you you're going to be need, need to be retrained. You're not going to know how to do mm -hmm. that. And 
and, and that's going to slow down care. I don't care what world you live in. Um, and, and that's, and that's kind of just how I feel about it. It's just like, I've talked to enough people in hospitals who have gone through cyber attacks. And when you put this paperwork in front of them, it's almost like a deer in headlights. Many of these people, I mean, think about people who haven't even been working there two months, right? Mm -hmm. Who just started, right? And they're being kind of given the fire hose of here's how we do things here. And here's the computer system. And here's how you log in. And here's how you enter this. And here's how you enter that. And boom. Now you're no longer entering things on a computer. You're now putting it on paper. And this person has no idea how to do anything, let, let alone put it on paper. They don't even they, they don't even know how to use the computer. You're not going to move easily to paper. And then the people who are training them don't know how to use the paper either. They have to be retrained. Yep. So I, I, I that's where I have an issue with a lot of this stuff. It's just like. I, I've been involved with these things. A hell of a lot goes on in terms of their ability to care for patients. Anybody's ability to care for or anybody's ability to do anything in their business when they're used to doing a system and running things a certain way and they have to go to a different way of doing it, that's going to impact how efficiently you can deliver your services. I don't care what business you're in. So I have a really hard time when I read this stuff so you combine, you know, tiny little um, uh, news outlet in Louisiana, coupled with the fact that you're reading articles like with this kind of stuff in it. And I'm just sitting here going, this is happening way too much, uh, you know, where these big events are being dumped into these little uh, news outlets mm -hmm. and they're saying things that just to us like don't add up you know in a similar sense to when we also see like no information uh, has been compromised or you know nobody's personal information has been accessed and then we find out it was like we're going to find out that <clears throat> the days and weeks that that the hospital was dealing with this problem has is, is going to be the complete opposite of what we're reading in the second right. paragraph in this article. What's the other, the other side of you know, it being a small news outlet is, is the people who work at these small newsletters probably don't know what questions to ask. They don't know what doesn't add up because this isn't their wheelhouse. Yeah. I almost, I'm almost a little bit more cynical than that, Rye. I'm almost thinking <laughs> that these lawyers are really good at identifying mm -hmm. these little outlets and basically saying, here, this is what we want you to put out. Mm -hmm because this is our public disclosure, our official public disclosure, and this is how we want it worded. And they're, they're really just not interested mm -hmm. in, in being that like investigative. Yeah. Reporter. They're just like, okay, yeah, well, you know, we'll put this out. Thanks. Thanks for the story. <laughs> Here, here's five lines on our website. Boom. <laughs> Done. Yeah. I mean, I've seen, <clears throat> I've seen this more in the last six months, similar like I talked to you guys about in the green room, I've seen this more in the last six months than I've seen since I've been dealing with ransomware. And I think this is kind of like the way forward. And it's, and it, to me, it reeks of information control. Mm -hmm. um, right or wrong. I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not like somebody who's dealing with incident response on a, on a daily basis. Um, if I'm, if I'm in an incident responder shoes, I, you know, this is like the perfect playbook. Um, but I just fear that, 
you know, when we're not letting people know the full damage of the situations and we're brushing them under the rug like this, the collateral damage of doing something like that seems seems yeah. to be something that we need to, 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 or, you know, just the unintended consequences, I guess, by doing this is more, more what I want to say. Like, yeah, I, I get why we're doing this, but it begins to minimize the problem and it begins to give other people who aren't affected by this a false sense of security that this isn't that big of a deal. Right. No, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be that hard for us to talk to a business owner and, and have to convince them that this stuff is going on. It should, it should be common knowledge. Yeah. I just, I just don't, I just feel like it just too many times it, it's getting chalked up to like, this is a big deal. So this isn't a big deal. So, mm -hmm. so let's just jump into this last one. I know Randy's got to go. Are evil? Are they back or are they not back? Who knows what? So our evil, if we, if everybody remembers, it was the reason that ransomware was in the news last year, right? Uh, they were they were the ones behind the Kaseya attack and and quite a number of attacks prior to Kaseya that were very large in the news and. You know, our, our, our kind of analysis was, and we've talked about this on the show, and I've done on, on my own YouTube channel, I've done a, kind of an analysis on this group. And um, it was before the, uh, the um, Kaseya attack that I did my video. But over time, we've kind of figured that they splintered and kind of started different groups and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's reports that they could be back. So what's going on? Well, they definitely could be back. I think there's also the the possibility that that the the pieces of the original group are are still utilizing you know infrastructure that they had created. Uh, it, it, it's hard to say. I mean, I don't know that it really matters either. I mean, we, we know yeah. that these groups are are spreading, and you know it doesn't matter who it is. They're 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 out there and they're they're fracturing and and splintering. And uh, there's there's just as many, if not more, out there. Right. I've got a prediction about it. So. Um, 10 or 15 of them were were actually arrested by Russia back before all the crap in Ukraine. Oh, that's a good so point. Most likely they've been talked to, hey, we need you guys to work for the motherland. Come on and we'll forgive your crimes. Mm -hmm. So if they come back, it's probably with a little bit of uh, Russian, uh, you know, tip of the hat to them at the minimum. They're, they're now back channel state sponsored. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Because they, they kind of went away. There was a lot of heat put on them after the Kaseya attack. And things were not where they were today geopolitically. Um, and I think any kind of summit between Biden and Putin would never happen today. Mm -hmm. um, and that was kind of on the heels of, of, of that summit. Um and, uh, you know, I think you guys are right. I think I think the Russian authorities have said, like, hey, we're not working with the people uh, on the Western side of things anymore that we were when we initially told you to chill out. And over time, these guys have probably looked at each other and said, hey, we could probably get back, get the band back together with, without much uh, without much negative fanfare. So interesting. Interesting. We'll see what happens here. Um, and again, guys, we, uh, we are July 5th, 2022. We're probably about 10 days, to two weeks, 
to hearing about the all the attacks that happened over the weekend this weekend because mm-hmm. uh, they did happen. Um, just because they're not front and center on the news doesn't mean that we're not going to have some some issues here. Um, there are some companies, uh, real quick, that are under a cyber attack. What is that one company called? Uh, you guys want to throw it out there? Um, uh, Knuff. Knuff Insulation. Mm-hmm. They have a message up on their website that, that they've been dealing with a cyber incident. But again, that seemed to be before the holidays as well. There's a hospital group in Missouri that's under attack right now. That's right. And I think the other thing, too, is is that um, Louisiana, uh, their benefits, they were under a cyber attack last week, right? And people are having trouble with that. Another Louisiana issue that is, you know, these stuff, this stuff's barely in the news. It, it's blowing my mind. So, you know, I guess it needs to be a big, big piece of software, like you say, in order to make the news anymore. I don't I don't know. But, but that's it. Uh, thanks for your time, guys. You guys, got anything else you want to talk about before we split? Yeah, that's it. All right. Thanks for another good episode. We'll get this one up. Remember, share our show, and we'll see you in the next one. Take care, everyone. See you later, everybody.